Good morning, church. It is so good to be with you this Sunday morning for our final message in I Choose Joy. I kind of like to think of myself as the caboose. You know, we had Josh kick it off. He's kind of got the power in the front. I'm kind of the caboose coming alongside the back to, you know, kind of summarize things up. But before we get into it, actually, there's something else the Lord has kind of dropped in my spirit that I feel is very important to the season that we are in. We have gone through weeks of lockdown, confusion, uncertainty, not knowing what is coming up next. And we're just at that point where things are starting to open up. Things are starting to change. People are starting to come out again. And okay, what is life going to look like? But we're not quite there. The hairdressers are going to open soon. Jesus, somebody type an amen into the comments, right? So things are starting to get back to what we would call normal. But there is a point of waiting before a suddenly ever takes place, before a turn happens, before the change comes. There's going to be that waiting. And don't turn me off, but I, I don't think we're fully through waiting yet. I feel like there's just a little bit more of a gap that we're standing in right now, that God's leading us through. You know, the, the Israelites wandered for 40 years before hitting that promised land. There is 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament, a massive gap before everything suddenly changed again. One of my favorite stories is the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years. 12 years of waiting. Did she know that morning when she woke up, everything was going to become new again? There's a suddenly coming. There's a shift that is coming. But there is a gap before we step in to that place. And my question is, can I put joy in that gap? How do I put joy? Why should I put joy in that place? And we're going to look at that in just a minute. I'm going to get to some scriptures in just a minute, but I want us to think still for a minute about that waiting period and about that gap. And I want you to think about where you are right now in that gap and what is going on around you and what are you waiting for? What are you hoping for? Because before they could leave what they knew and step into what became what they know, they had to wait. And we have left what we knew, but we haven't yet stepped into what we know. Right there, the Lord is pulling up a chair and he's saying, you know what? Let's have a chat. Let's have a chat about that place right there. You know, I love suddenlies as much as the next person. We all love suddenlies, don't we? Yay, it's a suddenly, yes, it's a miracle. They're brilliant. Some of you have probably heard my chocolate story. I'm not gonna go through the whole story for sake of time, but let me just say this. About 20, well, no, about 30 years ago, I was uh, sitting at home one day and I had this overwhelming urge. About 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, I needed chocolate or I was probably gonna kill someone. It was that extreme. And I looked around and couldn't find any chocolate anywhere. And the bottom line was I sat down and I prayed and I said, Lord, I know you are quite busy right now, but if you wouldn't mind giving me a little bit of chocolate, I would sure appreciate that. 
And then I didn't think about it again. I kind of went back to what I was doing because I was kind of half joking. And about 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, there's this knock on the door. And I had forgotten about it. I thought, who on earth is here? It's like 10 o'clock at night. And I walked to the door and I, I opened the door and there was a friend from down the street there. And I said, what are you doing here? She had the weirdest look on her face. And she said, Jen, she said it was the strangest thing. She goes, about a half hour ago, she said, I was sitting at my computer doing some work and suddenly the Lord spoke to me and said, bring Jen some chocolate. And she said, I thought, well, it's late. I'll bring it to her tomorrow. And she said about two minutes went by and she goes, Jen, he got a bit angry. He said, bring her chocolate now. And so she took from behind her back a whole bag of chocolate. It's a suddenly. It's one of those, what? God? How? Moments. We love those. We love those stories. We love those testimonies. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is Lord. He's got me my chocolate. But can I tell you, I have prayed a lot of prayers since that time that I haven't got answered. I have a whole list of things I've been praying. I have a whole list of things I've asked God about. And he's not answered them. And I'm still in the gap. I'm still in the waiting. I'm still in the wondering. I'm still saying, God, where are you? God, why? Why this? When that? I don't know why he gave me chocolate, but not some of the others. God can do anything. He can do us suddenly, but there are moments he says, wait, wait, pull up a chair. Let's have a chat. You know what? Maybe, maybe God just wants to love on you in the gap. Maybe in that place, he just wants to love on you right now because you know what he knows. He knows the plans he has for you, and they are good. They are so good. They are so good. You know what? I believe that God is about to speak. I believe we have heard the enemy speak a lot the beginning of this year. We have seen the enemy speak a lot the beginning of this year. And I have the sense that God, it's almost like he's, he's just sitting back. He's not disengaged. But there's almost this sense that he's just waiting. He is just waiting. But I'll tell you what, when God speaks, God speaks. When God roars, God roars. When God gets ready to move, God gets ready to move. And he knows the moment it's the suddenly. He knows it's the moment of the next new beginning. He knows the moment you're stepping into the promised land. He knows it. Don't doubt it in that gap. Don't doubt it in that place. Yes, he's a God of miracles, and I love them, I believe for them, I pray for them, I expect them. But he doesn't stop being God if I have to wait. He doesn't stop being God in that place of the gap. So let me ask you this. How are you viewing the gap? What are you doing, and how are you praising him? in the place of the gap. There was a song, I have to put my glasses on to see the song. There was a song this morning that I listened to. I came back from a run and I was stretching and I had worship music on that I'd been listening to. And the song came on, it was called The Great I Am. 
And I began listening to the words and I began thinking about them. And I'm just stretching, you know, thinking about them. And suddenly, suddenly, I was overcome and overwhelmed with the truth of who God is. And I fell on my face and I began to weep. And I said, God, you are the great I am. You are on your throne. You are in peace. You are kind. You are good. You are righteous. You are holy. In this gap, he has not changed. At this moment, he has not moved. Just because I don't know what the new tomorrow looks like, he has remained the same. When I left what I knew, he didn't change. When I stepped into what I will know, he has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is God. He is faithful. He is holy. Come on, church. He is seated on his throne. He is powerful. He is king and he is Lord. Whatever is in your gap right now, he is sitting above and he is at peace. Can we lift him up? Can we praise him? Can we exalt him today for who he is? Not just what he does, not just answering my prayer and giving me some chocolate and giving me what I want because of who he is. If I can worship him just because of who he is before I see what he does, I will mature to a place that he can use me in the next season in a way that he could not in the last. That is part of what I believe he's doing in the gap. Can I choose joy in that place? Not joy because of what's going on, not joy because of what I'm seeing around me, joy because of who he is. Joy because I know there's a promised land, joy because I know there's a miracle, joy because I know there's a tomorrow. Lazarus, four days in the grave, it looked like it was completely over, all done. In that gap, can you choose joy because there's a resurrection coming, because there's a new tomorrow, because God is on the move. I'll tell you what, I know that I know that I know and we've heard this from so many people that we are about to see a move of God. In church, we are about to see a move of God, but I want to be ready for the move. I want to be in the place God wants me for that move. I want to be in a new place of maturity, different than what I was in the last season. I wanna be filled with joy. I wanna be at the place where I can have joy without knowing the answer because I know the answer. I want to have joy to be in a place without knowing the answer, because I know the answer. We can choose joy because Jesus is our best example of that. I want us to look, I told you there would be a scripture, Hebrews. Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance. Guys, we are about to run. Rest up. 
rest up. I am convinced the church is about to run. We are about to run. We are about to run. We are about to run with God. We are about to run. We are about to run. Lay aside every weight so we can run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. I feel like Josh, I think he touched on that in week one, and I'm really sorry, Josh, I can't remember if you did, but I think you did. But I wanna go back to it, because that little word for right there, where it says for, that means in place of. Jesus, the perfecter of our faith, who in place of the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He had to go through the cross to receive his joy. In place of that, I'm going to hold that for a minute because I need to go through this. In place of that, there's something on the other side, but there is a going through that needed to happen because of the joy. You're his joy. I'm his joy. We are the joy. But Jesus chose to go through to receive the joy. I'm going to come back to that point in a minute. I don't want to get there yet. He had to go through to receive the joy. There's something about to and through. And I felt like the Lord showed me something, I don't know, a couple months ago when I was studying the Word. And I wouldn't write a doctrine on this, and I realize there's some crossover, so work with me here. But I do think there is, when we are going to a season, God is working on my identity. When I'm going through a season, He's working on my character. Now, I realize to and through, again, there can be crossover, but I think often we can find ourselves either going to a new season or going through a new season. And if we are going to, it's an identity issue. God is saying, I'm looking at your identity. For example, Abram, when he was going to his new season, identity change, you are Abraham, the father of many nations. David, going to his new season, you are shepherd, you become king. It's always about the identity. Adam and Eve at the beginning, what did the enemy say? You can become like God. They already were. Jesus, when he was here, are you really the son of God? Identity, identity, identity. It always goes back to the identity. But once they got through the other side, Abraham, will you put the knife down? That's a character issue. David, what are you going to do with Bathsheba? That's a character issue. Adam and Eve, it's interesting, if you look right after that with Cain, with their children, Cain kills Abel, there's a character issue. Jesus had to stay on that cross when he could have come off that. He stayed in that place. Joshua, think of the Israelites when they were going to the promised land. What did they say? We are grasshoppers. I'm just a grasshopper. Identity issue. But Joshua knew his identity because he knew his God. And when we know our God, we find our identity, which brought him into that promised land. But then what did God say? Be strong and courageous. Character came out. Church, could it be that God has been working on us, big C church, to know our identity? because he's about to see our character shine through. 
but each one of us make up the church. We're all part of it. So I'm saying, Lord, look at my identity. Where is there a place that I need to understand the identity of Christ, that I have got it wrong, so I can walk in the character that you want, so I can be obedient in the next season and we can see a move of God? Because I've said it so many times and I really mean it with a heart of love, but church, this is not about us. This isn't about you. It is about you. Like it is, and God so loves you. But God so loved the world. It's always about us, but it's actually about a bigger picture. And you get to be part of that bigger picture. What's the identity of the church? She's the bride, the bride of Christ. I believe God has been building his bride. He's been fashioning his bride. He's been trying to get his bride purified and ready. That's our identity. We are the bride of Christ. And when I think of a bride, and I think of characters, traits, you know what just bubbles up? Love. What do you think of with a wedding? Love, love, love. And I believe there's something that God is doing in that place. But in this gap, in this, I'm not where I was, I'm not where I want to be. In this place where we're not quite sure where we stand, can I actually choose a place of joy right there because Jesus chose joy for me? Can I choose a place of joy? Can I decide to mature in that place, in my identity, so that I can walk in the purpose that he has on the other side? You know, there's something that, oh gosh, I'd say a couple years ago maybe that, the Lord really began dealing with me, with me on in my own life. And I never realized, just being honest, just between, you know, you and me sitting there on the sofa, how much I had self-pity in my life. I had huge issues with self-pity. It started when I was young, when I was a little kid. In America, uh, when you put a plaster on, you'd call it a Band-Aid. And I actually was called the Band-Aid Kid. <laughs> Because any time I would just actually, you know, just bump something, Mom, I need a Band-Aid, you know, and it's cute when you're three. It's, it's not so cute when you're 33, but she'd put a Band-Aid on. But what happened is I got so used to needing a Band-Aid, that became my identity. If I didn't have something wrong with me, then who was I? What could I talk about? Because I wouldn't want to talk about me. <laughs> There's nothing else. Certainly, why talk about someone else? Because, you know, self-pity likes to talk about herself. And so I needed an excuse I needed a pain, I needed a problem. That became my identity. And you know, when you plant seeds of self-pity, what I learned is it grows up a lot of weeds of blame. And I was blaming everybody. <laughs> you know, it's, in one sense, I think I should feel quite ashamed to be able to say it, but I'm like, I've been set free, so there's no shame in free, which, or there's no shame when you've been set free, which is amazing. But it's the truth. I blamed everybody. And that's one symbol of self-pity, I think. I blamed my parents. I blamed the government. I blamed my finances. I blamed the church. I blamed the leaders. I blamed my boss. I blamed... There was always somebody else's reason for my sorrow. I couldn't stand in a place of joy 
because all I could see was my pain and my sorrow. And God had to hold a mirror up to me and show me what it really looked like. And I didn't know how to be or who to be if I didn't have a Band-Aid on me. Because then I felt quite vulnerable because then it was just me. But God said, let me be your identity. Remove the label, remove the band-aid. Can I be fully your identity? Because when we can allow him to be our identity, he shines through us. Because the thing is, we want people to see Jesus. I want people to see Jesus. I don't want them to see a band-aid. I don't want them to see my self-pity. I want them to see someone who adores Jesus, who falls on her face and worships him because he is the great I am. That's what I want to see. And there was freedom in that place that I thought I could only get when I had an issue. But when he removed that, such freedom came through. I didn't mean to say that much, so I'm hoping maybe that was for someone. I had to go to my new season and understand the identity of Christ. To then when I was going through, he had to work on that character issue. So now I want us to look at John chapter 13. It says this, by this, in verse 35, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Remember what I said just a bit ago, the bride. What's her character? Love. Church, how will they know? Love. How will they see? Love. First John chapter 4. Starting in verse 7, it says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. We know these scriptures, but I want us to hear them in the context of in this gap, in this place, when I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I'm going to be in this place, can I stop for just a minute and exalt God as love? Can I joyfully rejoice and praise him and thank him because of who he is? Can I choose to step out of an old identity into a new understanding of who I am in Christ? And when we do that, joy bubbles up. And I say, I can praise him because of what Jesus did on that cross for the joy set before him. He endured it so I can have joy and so I can walk in love. In this love, verse 9, in, this lo in the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, beloved, if God so loves us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in 
us imagine. Take my glasses off. Imagine. Imagine if in this gap, in this place, when we've left what we knew, but we've not stepped into what we know, we discovered a love in a fresh way, an identity in a fresh way, releasing a joy in a fresh way to take into that next place the identity and the love of Christ so that they will know because they will see God through you and through me. Imagine. Imagine if that's part of what God is doing. Imagine. Imagine if God is just waiting because he's just about to roar. He's just about to put his church out there. He's just about to put us front and center and say, go, 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 go to your neighbor, go down your street, go into the business place, go into the coffee shop, go, 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 go. You're so ready because in the gap, you didn't give up. In the gap, you persevered. In the gap, you stood. In the gap, you believed. In the gap, you kept your eyes fixed on me. In the gap, you learned love and you experienced joy. And now you're ready. Because God's saying, I know what's on the other side. Don't worry about, I know your prayers. I know I hear it. I'm working that out. But there's something here that I'm working in. And if we can get it worked in, he's got that worked out. When I get it worked in, trust that he's got that worked out. One last scripture in 1 John chapter 4, a little bit further, it says this in verse 21. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. In the gap, Jesus chose love because of our joy. In that gap, remember, for, in place of, in that gap, he chose love because of our joy. In our gap, can we choose joy? because of his love. There's a new sound coming, church. There's a new sound. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell, the multitudes came when they heard a new sound. And it was the sound of men, women, children, God coming together. It created a new sound. And I believe there's a new sound coming on men, women, and children. And it's a sound of God's love. But it's being birthed out of his joy. In that gap, can you choose that? In that gap, declare he is the great I am. In that gap, declare I will choose joy. Thanks for watching, church. There's the caboose. Out. See ya.